This is the Rich Eisen Show. This is idiocy. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. NFL's overtime rule in the playoffs. This isn't just dumb. It's the dumbest rule in all of American sports. <laughs> wow. The Rich Eisen Show. So if this was the NFL overtime rule, I would not have a chance to rebut. This is idiocy. Today's guests, Fox Sports NFL insider Jay Glazer, co-host of Good Morning Football, Kyle Brandt. Plus, from NBC's Keenan, actor Don Johnson. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All righty, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Once again, we come on the air and I see, you know, what I need to do to make sure my sweater is nice and clean. <laughs> and then uh, and then uh, I, I, uh, I remark about how the show is not going to be long enough. I mean, how many times have we come on the air lately and it's just so much stuff's a-popping? And um, and so here we are again um, on NBC Sports on Peacock eight four four two zero four. Rich is the number to dial right here on the program. Um, and uh, Chris Brockman, good to see you hey, in your spot. Hey, Rich, what's up? Shut up. DJ Mikey D. <laughs> DJ Mikey D is now playing with the new drop that was created yesterday yes. when Bob Costas told. Chris Brockman to shut up. Um, I think Bob, it was a loving Bob show, may right? lurk for a return engagement today because he came on yesterday to talk about how much he hates the overtime rules in the NFL. Um, and I think he wants to um, uh, give Chris again. I think he wants to. I think he wants back in because uh, I think he might have uh, heard some of the reaction to him despising the NFL overtime rules. He's in the he's in the majority. I think right now. Um, we're kind of in the minority yeah, saying know, leave I it know, as it is. And I we know. came up with a good I- idea to fix it. But we'll we'll bounce that one off of Bob if he does, in fact, uh, uh, call in. I know he's uh, he lurks on our rundown. Uh, in the meantime, uh, boy, do we have a great uh, show in store. Hello, TJ Jefferson. Good to see you over there. Hey, Rich. Um, and so uh, we've got a great show in store. Jay Glazer is going to be here all of our number two. So with all the news popping and coaches being uh, either – tabbed, hired, finalizing contracts or rumored to be interested in and so on and so forth. Perfect guest to have here in hour number two. Hour three, Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football before Don Johnson joins us for crying out loud. Um, He's in the television show Keenan, starring Keenan Thompson, and um, he will be on this show, Don Johnson. So yes, we will go down a tin cup slash Miami Vice wormhole with the man later on in hour number three. So, what, what, what do you want to talk about? Big Ben retiring, or coaches finally being hired, or well, you know, I we mean, knew Ben was retiring. That's true. So, you know so let's I mean? start with the coaches. Yeah. Um, I, I did ask in, to you and to everyone else out there on our Peacock, Sirius XM, Terrestrial Radio, Odyssey Streaming podcast feed. Um, why aren't coaches getting hired? Well, it usually. Um, Things are, are, are popping by now. We, we looked last year. Urban Meyer was hired by the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, before the divisional round. Yeah, on the 14th lap. And uh, so essentially, as I mentioned the other day, he kicked it all off last year and then kicked his kicker. And now he's no longer there. And there's a job opening right now, apparently, um, that uh, uh, Byron Lefwich could fill. And I think that would be an outstanding choice. Guy knows Jacksonville. He knows exactly how to work with a quarterback. And you want Trevor Lawrence to blossom? That's the guy. Apparently, though, he uh, has an issue that Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated and others have come on this show and pointed out. Trent Baalke is there. They hired Trent Baalke after they hired Urban Meyer. And now he's still there. And apparently other coaches want their own people in there. 
Makes sense. Is, is the general manager of the team, and that might be an issue. And yesterday there was a the Jaguars team playing in Denver, and um, we all assumed that was to whisk Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers, from Denver where he was having another interview to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos to whisk him to Jacksonville for a meeting if the Broncos let him walk out the door. And Adam Schefter saying today, no, 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 that plane was there to take Vic Fangio, the deposed head coach of the Green Bay Packers, uh, the deposed coach of the Denver Broncos, down to Jacksonville to, to, um, to interview for their head coaching job. And it's just like, okay, so you got Leftwich for your quarterback, but you want to take a defensive coordinator who is a terrific coach and a diff- terrific defensive coordinator and bring him down and and give him the opportunity of having a quarterback that he clearly did not have in Denver, uh, I guess. And maybe the reason why, you know, they're kicking tires on everything is they don't want to get rid of Trent Baalke and, uh, and maybe they might settle on, on, on Leftwich after all. And... Um, and Nathaniel Hackett's not going to Jacksonville or anywhere else, not back to Green Bay either. So there's the NFC North, as we know, have not one but two head coaching um, vacancies, Bears and Vikings. And now the Packers have a vacancy at offensive coordinator because Nathaniel Hackett The O.C. in Green Bay has been hired by the Denver Broncos. And all I heard was this is Dan Quinn's gig if he wants it. And instead it goes to Nathaniel Hackett, son of longtime coach in the NFL, former head coach in the NFL, former head coach here at USC, the guy who preceded Pete Carroll here. Susie covered the Paul Hackett administration, Mm -hmm. my wife, when she was covering USC. And so Nathaniel is now the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. And now let's connect the dots that everybody is connecting that may or may not have uh, a reason to connect. On draft day in 2021, I'm sitting there in Cleveland, Ohio, and my phone goes crazy. My phone's buzzing like crazy because Aaron Rodgers supposedly has told the Green Bay Packers he wants the hell out of there. Out. And that just up, just turned the entire draft upside down all day. We're, we're getting ready to talk about Trevor Lawrence is going to go one, and then we assume it's going to be Zach Wilson two. And then the big question mark, who is it going to be for the San Francisco 49ers at three and the rest of the quarterbacks and all of that other stuff that for that day? No, no, that goes to the wayside. It's Aaron Rodgers once out. Now we all know he went back to Green Bay and so on and so forth. But on draft day, it was the Broncos were going to go and make a trade for Rodgers on the spot. It was going to happen. Yes. That not only is he told Green Bay he wants out, but Green Bay is getting ready to issue him those exit visas, and there's no way in hell they're going to let him stay in conference. And send him the Denver Broncos on the spot because the Broncos had a top 10 pick. They'll take that one. They'll take another one. They'll take whatever the hell they want because he's Aaron Rodgers. Didn't happen. So now Aaron Rodgers is a one-and-done quarterback after coming back, getting as many wins as he had the year that he won the MVP and then said he wanted out. 
But the breadcrumbs were already there before he said he wanted out through, I guess, it being leaked or through Adam Schefter, however you want to put it. And so the breadcrumbs had already leaked. And they had already leaked for many reasons because he was dropping them. We weren't paying attention. He was dropping them. And he was dropping them about Nathaniel Hackett. So even if you're right here saying, you're already hearing Mike Kliss, who is a terrific reporter in the Denver area, he even reported that this is on the merits. This is Nathaniel Hackett earning the job and on the merits, even if Aaron Rodgers wasn't potentially in the ether, still desiring some wanderlust away from Green Bay after now being one and done despite coming back and running it all back and having it his way and having a little bit more of trust and respect and so on and so forth between him and the organization in Green Bay, uh, that it's possible he still wants out. But he got it on his own merits, not the fact he wasn't hired by Denver because Aaron Rodgers digs him, loves him, and might want to play for him there. This was Aaron Rodgers on November 11th, 2020. In the middle of his first MVP year of the last two years, this was him talking about Nathaniel Hackett at the time. Having head coaching material within him and on his resume. Hack has been uh, a really important part of our culture change and a part of uh, our success on offense. I love him. Hope he doesn't go anywhere unless I do. Unless I do. All right. Green Bay Riders picked up on that at the time for sure. Unless I do. Will he go to Denver? Sure sounds like it. He loves him. Does Aaron Rodgers want the Peyton Manning retirement plan? Does he want that? Because that's what it would be discussed Peyton Manning went somewhere else. He won a Super Bowl and another team. He can do the same thing, but it's already been done. Peyton Manning did it for Denver, in Denver. I don't know what's in Aaron Rodgers' brain, but he's got to be sitting there today saying, if it's done here, if I want out of here, if it's done here, I can go somewhere where somebody's already knows me, knows exactly what I want, knows exactly how I tick, knows exactly how everything needs to be done on the field. Does he want out of Green Bay? Because if he does, there is Denver, Colorado ready for him. Fact. Nathaniel Hackett, again, may have everything plus the biscuit. He's got a history. He's a son of a coach. He's been around Aaron Rodgers. He took Blake Bortles and the Jacksonville Jaguars offense damn near to the Super Bowl a few years ago. There's no question part of what Nathaniel Hackett brings is the honey that could bring that bee from Green Bay, man. No question in my mind. And if he doesn't come, well, then you got a guy that knows how to do everything and you hired him anyway for himself and he's his own man, so on and so forth. But come on. So you're saying he's the honeycomb, Rich? There's no doubt in my mind. Honeycomb Hackett? If he's got what Aaron Rodgers loves, hire him.
perfect timing. And then what? Guess what? Then, um, then you bring in another quarterback and let him go to work. But congratulations to Nathaniel Hackett. He's got a terrific job. And we'll find out what ownership is there. And then you got the Chicago Bears. Hey, Bears fans. I, I, I don't know, you know what you were hoping for. But. And, and, and uh, Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts, is coming your way. And by all accounts, outstanding leader of men. His defense has been balling out. That defense of the Colts this year, buzzing around, let the AFC in takeaways, top 10 in points allowed. Spent six years in the Cowboys system before he went to Indianapolis. And now the Bears taking some fruit from the Reich tree, just like the Eagles did. And they went to the playoffs the first year with Jalen Hurts. Sirianni, though, is an offensive guy. And you get an offensive guy to hook up with your quarterback. I need to see who they are bringing in to make sure Justin Fields blossoms. That's the next piece. Who is that going to be? Because if you hire Jim Caldwell, he's a guy that outside of losing 14 games as the coach of the Colts in one season when Peyton Manning was out with a neck injury, that guy won 60 games. That guy was a winning coach in Detroit with Matthew Stafford. And you had him. You also could have been, if you're a defensive-minded um, coach, you could have had Brian Flores. Instead, you're going with a guy who's never done it before, the HC at the NFL level. And you're going with a guy who best have an offensive plan for Justin Fields. Normally, what you do is you go and get an offensive coach who can just hook directly up to your highly drafted quarterback in year two, and off you go. What's the Rams did for Jared Goff with Sean McVay? It's what the Bears did for Trubisky with Matt Nagy. That worked for one year and then didn't. And then didn't because, you know, all you got to do, put your ear to the ground in the NFL. All you'll hear is that Nagy wins coach of the year with Trubisky the entire time gnashing his teeth knowing he's not really the guy. (laughs) That's what you will hear. True or not, that's a rumor. I'm taking a rumor, and I'm putting it directly in this microphone. I'm just trying to shoot you Bears fans straight. Don't know. Don't know. With the, with the, um, with the Broncos, you know, okay? You know what they're doing. And you know from somebody like Rodgers who pounds the table for him in Nathaniel Hackett. I'm sure Eberth Flus has a ton of defensive players who will pound the table for him. Just read any article about him, and they will say, great leader of men, terrific communicator. They can follow him. And if you want to take somebody from a staff, Frank Reich, that's pretty cool, man. I'm sure Doug Peterson's sitting around saying, well, Frank's from my tree, and <laughs> where am I here except at the crib? But, um, hey. <laughs> at the crib. Hey, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. I need to hear who's the offensive coordinator for Justin Fields. How are we going to work with this kid? What's next? And then on top of it, personally, that's one Harbaugh bullet dodged in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Ain't going to Chicago. So Mark Davis, let's go, brother. Let's go, brother. What's your move? 
What's your move? Rich, do you find it funny that the uh, Bears went from Ryan and Matt to Ryan and, and Matt? Matt? How about that? <laughs> they won't have to change the monogram yeah. towels. <laughs> you know, everything can stay the same. They want Ryan Pace to Ryan Poles. Matt Nagy to... They traded a Nagy for an Eberflus. Eberflus. Yeah. Very good. And then, um, you know, when we come back, there's news about where Dan Quinn's going. And the answer is nowhere. How about them apples? Things broke very well for the Dallas Cowboys today. We'll, we'll dive into that. Where does this leave all the other chess pieces falling? Our buddy Jay Glazer is making his way to this studio right here, right now. He'll be here all hour two. And that man, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in. He, he, he's like, yeah, I just spoke to Sean Payton five minutes ago. <laughs> he and Sean are tight. So we'll get the latest there. And he's got a new terrific book that, um, that is where all books can be acquired called Unbreakable. You know, that's what's the name of his fantastic gym. And Unbreakable is all about Long's, uh, the long-time battle Jay has had with depression. He is so honest about it, and I love this guy. His heart is on his sleeve, not in his chest. And what's in his chest beats very strong. This is going to be a great conversation. And then one of our favorites, Kyle Brandt for Good Morning Football. Can't wait to hear his take on the old Eberflus. And then hour number three will also have Don Johnson. Phone lines are already lit. I love that. I love that. Because nobody, when you call, is going to shoulder you out. <laughs> wow. Here we go. Okay. You're front and center. You're front row. So that's how we roll right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. When we come back, Big Ben's retirement, his legacy, and what is going on in Dallas. That's coming up next. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time 
Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Um, you've got uh, a ton of phone calls. We'll get to you guys in a second. I do want to hit Ben Roethlisberger here, retiring after 18 years in the NFL. And there will be lots of talk about his legacy, football and otherwise. We just played his um, his farewell um, address that he delivered on Twitter. Um, and uh, I remember meeting Roethlisberger for the first time when he was um, a pre-draft, soon-to-be rookie in the NFL. He came to NFL Total Access. And I interviewed him right there in the middle of our old studio. Um, I had hair and uh, he had some uh, suit on that I don't think he's worn again since. And um, he got drafted in the NFL, kid from uh, Finley, Ohio. And interestingly enough, he had Steelers colors on the night that he got drafted. And um, that's kind of fitting. I know there was some talk he might have been drafted by the Giants and who was going to take this kid whose name was very difficult to pronounce. And a kid from Miami of Ohio, nobody saw him really nationally play uh, football. This is prior, I think, in a way, to those Maction nights on uh, ESPN. You know, that people would watch all that Maction. I would venture no one had really heard of him unless you were kind of a hardcore tape well, head or, you know. Well, certainly since the night was was ruled by, you know, Eli, will the Chargers take him or yeah. not? Oh, wait a minute. Then the Giants took Rivers and then they made like an NBA draft trade. Right. And then Roethlisberger didn't get the start. But when Tommy Maddox went down in week two, touchdown he comes come. in. He comes in in Baltimore, uh, threw a couple touchdown passes and then got the start the next week. And I just remember talking on, on Total Access that Alan Fanica, uh, who eventually is a Hall of Famer, was talking about that, you know, this kid, that they weren't ready really for this kid. They, they had a team that could win right now. And here comes a rookie. And what's going what's gonna to happen with the rookie? Well, what happened is the rookie didn't lose a game the rest of the regular season. <laughs> Roethlisberger became rookie of the year, and that was in a route. In a route. So... Uh, he, he went deep into the playoffs his first year. And then the next year became the youngest Super Bowl winner in history. That's a record that stands today. Year two. Go, you, you, you try and break that, Joe Burrow. I mean, it's entirely yeah. possible that, that this, this kid from Ohio could go ahead and do that this year, make a, a year two Super Bowl win. He's got that on his possibility. Um, and so Roethlisberger wins the Super Bowl. And then I'll, I'll never forget that June... 2006 day sitting on total access set and all of a sudden our entire day gets totally turned upside down because Roethlisberger's in a hospital that he had a motorcycle accident and wasn't wearing a helmet nearly killed him literally rearranged his face and that was the first time that you got a sense that Roethlisberger was making some poor choices then came allegations from a golf outing in Tahoe, and then the state of Georgia, and Roethlisberger not getting charged, but women saying that Roethlisberger assaulted them, and eventually a six-game suspension from the NFL in 2010. 
And uh, that's the way that Roethlisberger followed up another Super Bowl win. One in which, i got to be honest with you, um, he deserved MVP honors. And I don't know if it, was, totally if, it was, if it was any of these allegations that came out of Tahoe that people were just like, I, I, you know, again, I, I don't know. But that guy lit it up that night in Tampa. Yep. And Santonio Holmes made some great catches, including, the, you know, dotting the eye, I should say, in the end zone. Um, somebody was making those throws. And escaping pressure and oh my keeping God. the play alive. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he was amazing. And that's part of Roethlisberger's um, legacy is incredible individual achievement, two Super Bowl championships, but not a lot of personal credit that you would see afforded him to him that the other elite quarterbacks of his era were getting at all. And... You know, unlike the other guys who were drafted with him, Rivers and Eli or anybody else at the position at the time, he was the one who could move. And he's the one for whom the play started after he was hit. All the other quarterbacks, you hit them, you get to Rivers, you get to Eli, that's the, that's the, end, of the, that's the end of the play. You hit Roethlisberger, now it's on. Now it's on. And um, his suspension got knocked down from six to four games. He found um, his wife and married her. And now they have these three beautiful kids. And I find it, you know, I, I totally get it that he talks about his, his love for his wife and his family because it appears they turned his life around. Again, I, I'm not privy to everything, but it seemed like it turned his life around. And I think, you know, part of that beautiful video was not only to include everybody and make sure that he said everything, but if he has a press conference, a lot of this other stuff that I'm talking about right now will be brought up, and I, I have to bring it up. It was part of his career. It's what I was talking about for a long time with him as we were covering at the time in, in 2010. Heinz Ward called the suspension um, justified. But what's justified as well for Roethlisberger is a first ballot Hall of Fame selection fifth most passing yards in the history of the NFL, eighth all-time on the touchdown list, 418. Rivers got him by three, interestingly enough, in the, in the draft class that they were associated together. Eli had 366. In terms of most passing yards of all time, the only ones in front of him, Brady, Breeze, Peyton, and Favre, six-time Pro Bowler, two-time passing yards leader for a season. I mentioned he's the youngest Super Bowl winner in history. He also has two other aspects individually. Um... He's the only quarterback in the history of the NFL to have 12 touchdown passes over a two-week span. It was weeks eight and nine of 2014 that he went six touchdowns and no interceptions against Indianapolis. And the next week against the Ravens, he went six touchdowns with no interceptions. Nobody's ever done that mm -hmm. before. And I proffer to say, if somebody does have six and six ever again, you might see that person throw a pick. He had a clean sheet. Wow. And you take a look at 500-yard games – there's only somebody there, – there's multiple quarterbacks in the 500-yard the game club. Uh, there's only one name listed three times, and it's Roethlisberger's. He had three of them, including the fifth all-time game that used to be the fourth until Joe Burrow lit up the Ravens in December. And Burrow's the guy who can match Roethlisberger to go to the Super Bowl and win it in year two. Kid from Athens doing it when a kid from Finley doing it for the Steelers. And boy, did he love beating the crap out of the Browns, too. Oh, and the Bengals.
So that's basically my two cents on Roethlisberger's career. We'll see him in Canton, kid from Finley. And, um, and the Steelers love him forever. Love him forever. And good luck to who's next. <laughs> good luck to who's next. Right. Like you talk about some of the great handoffs in NFL history, right? The Colts had a great one from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Didn't work out as many had hoped with Andrew Luck retiring kind of early. But Green Bay, the gold standard from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, two championships. Yep. You could also say. Who could be next? I don't know. Who is going to answer 18 straight years of winning seasons? Don't know. In Pittsburgh. It's That's remarkable. one of the biggest mysteries of this offseason right now. And, you know, and a lot of Steeler fans are maybe hoping that Rodgers, that little head nod towards Mike Tomlin earlier this season yeah. was about that sort of thing. But um, one last thing, I guess, on Roethlisberger, that one of his greatest achievements is he went to three Super Bowls in the Brady era in the AFC. Yeah. <laughs> he made three Super Bowls when Brady was there and doing it. And doing it. He made three. I mean, there was a stretch so, where the Super Bowl winners were either Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, or Ben Roethlisberger. And with Flacco sprinkled you know in mean? once. Like a little Flacco dab of Flacco, a <laughs> spritz of Rodgers here, and that was it. Right. For like a whole decade. Right. So that's my, uh, my take that on, crazy. on Roethlisberger crazy. right there. First take topic from this morning, Rich. Mm-hmm. Whose career would you rather have, oh, Eli or Ben? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Interesting enough, they both played for only one team. You know, Rivers stopped yeah. off in uh, Indianapolis at the end. So, and two rings. I'm wondering if Eli waits, and maybe they put uh, him and Ben in the same class. If Eli waits a year, if you don't think Eli's interesting, first ballot. I I think he is. Yeah. But eight four four two zero four rich number to dial here on the program. Peter in South Korea. Let's take your call right Ooh. here. Line one, please, Mikey. What's up, Peter? Hey, Rich. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Hey. hey. Good morning, Peter. Hi. I'm actually Vietnamese, but hi anyway. Oh. <laughs> What's on you? Are you... Uh, normal... Okay, you're literally Sorry. calling from South Korea right now, huh? I am, yeah. Normally, I'm Peter from Texas, but I'm visiting my dad in Korea. Okay. So, Great. Hi. Great. So, what's on your mind, Peter? Yeah, so uh, I'm, uh, I've called him before. I'm an LSU fan, so I love Joe Burrow. He's, he's the GOAT. He, I, I just, you know, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'd like to bestow a nickname to Joe Burrow. That's cool with you guys. I know you guys, RES Consulting. We sure. We like to workshop things. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'd like to bestow upon Joe Burrow the nickname simply of Batman. Because, you know, if you give him enough time to prepare, he'll eviscerate you, in my opinion. Okay. Like, in, at, in 2018 at LSU, he came in, like, in the fall, so I had no time to prepare. Give him an offseason, he wins the national championship with 60 touchdowns. You know, his rookie year in Cincinnati, there was the whole COVID thing, so there was virtually no offseason. You give him an offseason this year, and now he's in the AFC championship. So I feel like Batman would be a good good middle ground here. Okay, so is it 2.30 in the morning you calling in to give us this Batman thing? Is that literally what you're doing? Because that's commitment, Peter. I really appreciate hey, that. Man, I, I, normally, if I, when I'm in Texas, I'd be watching live. But uh, over here, I, I catch the YouTube streams. and so. But I'm here, man. I love I'm here. it. So what city uh, before, is before I let you go, sir, uh, what do you think of Ohio State fans saying Burrow is theirs, too? What do you think yeah. of that? Dude, I'm, I'm 100% with you. They let, they let him go. He's our, he's our guy now. He's an LSU man. <laughs> Every, Cheers to you, you know, sir. Every, Cheers to you. Every, year, every game, he, he's wearing an LSU wristband. He's an LSU man. Thank you for the call, Peter. Call us when you're back in the States. Appreciate it. 
I don't know about the Batman thing because uh, all you got to do is ask that guy over there, the Met fan, how uh, how that nickname worked out. Oh, yeah. Well, he was the Dark Knight. I know that. Batman. That's the same thing. How'd that work out? He's paying fealty I mean, for, to Qualcomm on Dan's show still? I think just the man. Like, Joe Burrow, doesn't, he doesn't need bat or super in front of him. He's just the man. You can't, he, he doesn't need a nickname. No. He needs a proper Does one. Does he? Yeah. I don't, think, I don't, I don't know, know if it's that. Batman, but... I don't know about that. Kevin McAllister? It, it can't be cool. You know what I mean? Like, there's a joke. Cool. There's only one on. joke. Yeah, cool, please. Yeah. I don't know. He said, I, I don't know. LaDainian Thompson got called LT. I refuse. I don't call him. You know what I mean? Yeah. JB? Now you know who's in a good in a house. You know who's in a good mood today? Who? This guy over there to my right. <laughs> I'm always in a good mood. No, Why is he particularly in a good mood? Because yeah. there was no doubt in my mind that the Cowboys were going to have to make a decision to bounce their HC. Um, yeah, you were because convinced. Dan Quinn was going to be the hot head coaching candidate in other places, and they're going to lose the defensive coordinator who took their defense from you know zero to sixty. Mm-hmm. And Dan Quinn has informed, according to our, my friend and colleague at the NFL Network, Tom Pelissero, has told uh, everybody he's staying with the Cowboys. Yeah, there is less pie. <laughs> and so, um, I don't know, did he get more pie from, well, from Jerry? That's personal, Rich. I don't know. Um, the, honey buns the, the Broncos might have been his choice. Like <laughs> The Broncos might have been his choice. The Giants might be leaning in another direction. Um. The Cowboys might have sweetened the the pot a little bit. I don't know what it is, but kudos to you, sir. Maybe, you know, there's two ways to look at it. Which way do you want me to go, Chris? The way that 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 is, you know, straight and narrow, professional, or the other way around? What do you want me to do? <laughs> I mean, come on. I understand. I understand. <laughs> uh, let me go straight and narrow first. We'll just quit. Keep it quick. Keep, damn that, act keep that part quick. Yeah, keep that okay. part quick. Yeah. Uh, the straight and narrow professional is that he did not want to take the other jobs that might be willing to take him because he didn't think it was a good fit or he didn't like the success, and he's already been there and done that in terms of what worked in Atlanta, and he knows he can stay put here and eventually get what he wants in another spot because Parsons not going anywhere and Diggs not going anywhere, and he knows what to do with these guys, and I could, I'd be stunned if there's a sophomore slump with those kids with him, okay? Oh. Right? Be a junior slump for... Well, I know that. I meant with him. Okay, like, it's yeah. year two. Obviously, Parsons, sophomore, junior for, for Diggs. Mm-hmm. I get it. Now then, the other way? Yeah, yeah, the fun way. I think he wants to work for Sean Payton. <laughs> <laughs> Look what Sean Payton's done for Dennis Allen's career, right? Settle down just a little bit. <laughs> Can we linger here for a second? So I was listening to the Ringer NFL Show podcast with Kevin Clark on the way in this morning. Yes, sir. And they were talking about they were talking about Sean Payton and when the Cowboys rumors might start. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's like halftime of Week One next year? They've like, already like, started. Like, no, but now, but we're just kind of having fun. But like for real, for real. Okay, if you really wanted to say it, if Sean Payton gets a job with Fox the first time he covers their games. So, but like we won, basically. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is Aikman going to be there? I mean, there's so many hot rumors flying everywhere about the chess pieces and seats for the top of the broadcasting NFL food chain here. Yeah. I don't know. 
But it's if just, Sean Payton gets a gig and the Cowboys are, and if he's in the booth and he's there at one of their games, that's it. And they're losing. Oh, and, and then he's out there, Jerry, chit-chatting, shaking yeah. hands before the game and having a great time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that will be the game where I would counsel uh, Coach McCarthy to have his P's and Q's and buttoned up on <laughs> clock management and make sure he doesn't follow up a successful fake punt with an unsuccessful yeah. fake, fake punt. Those are the days I would think he should get it right. Together. Yeah, I agree. Unsuccessful fake, fake punt? Yes, especially when you follow I mean, just not up a, bad... a successful fake punt. I mean, for a fan. With an game. unsuccessful yeah, yeah, yeah. fake, fake punt. <laughs> yes. The unsuccessful fake, fake punt. The, U, the dreaded UFFP. <laughs> Hashtag it. Make it go viral. All right, we'll take a break. More phone calls when we come back right here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH. Jake Glazer in studio, all, all hour two. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Terrestrial Radio Show. We're taking some phone calls here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, Bob from New York, uh, you're on the Rich Eisen Show, wanting to talk about the overtime rules. How are you, Bob? Yeah, hi, Rich. Uh, big <laughs> fan, long-time fan, but first-time caller, and it's really a thrill to speak with you. Thank, Rack you, him. thank you very much. Uh, is this the same Bob who has multiple Emmy Awards who told my colleague Chris Brockman to shut up yesterday? Is that uh, the same Bob, Costas? Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, both counts. Bob, Syracuse on Syracuse crime. On okay. <laughs> it wasn't a crime. It was a good-natured shut-up. <laughs> there was no rancor involved in that at no, all. I feel you. It's all and good. I enjoyed yesterday's session so much. Yes. And I'm checking back in here yes. just to kind of put a ribbon around this in terms of the argument. It never ceases to amaze me how people can be so illogical when they're presented with a logical argument, yes. which doesn't mean that they have to agree with you or me, but illogic is frustrating. So a lot of the response you see uh, over the years when something like this happens is, well, if you can't stop uh, Patrick Mahomes with 13 seconds to go, you deserve to lose. What does that have to do with the validity of the rule? The rule is stupid on its face, even if Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes both had the ball five times. The rule is still illogical and unfair. It has nothing to do, it isn't a response to what happened on Sunday night. I first said this on the air five years ago on NBC, and I said it at the beginning of this season on HBO. It wasn't about any particular game, although I did list at least a half dozen you games. Did. 
where marquee quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan in his MVP year, Mahomes himself in the AFC Championship game, a half dozen instances where marquee quarterbacks never touch the ball in overtime. In the abstract, this is a foolish rule that is unfair, and I listed all the other reasons. It takes strategy out of the game, etc. And if you're going to amend it, you have to play a timed period. And then you have people say, well, what about safety? Well, I think I was kind of at the forefront of talking about CTE yes, and, other, and other circumstances. But if you're already playing a 17-game season, there isn't anybody that wouldn't be willing to play an extra quarter or a portion of a quarter if, it, if, the, if advancing in the playoffs was on the line or if the Super Bowl itself was on the line. So what happened on Sunday night is just an example of how foolish the rule is. It doesn't matter if Buffalo had won the game, if Buffalo had stopped Kansas City on the first possession and then, and then somehow had, had scored because Kansas City blew a coverage or it was their fault. It doesn't matter. It's, it's like saying that if in extra innings one team got three outs and the other team got two and then somebody made a dopey error and the answer was, well, if you can't field a routine ground ball, what difference does it make? Think beyond the particulars of a given game or a given moment and just look at it in the abstract. Mm -hmm. It's a bad rule on its face, and it doesn't matter what happened on Sunday night. If Buffalo had won the game, it's still a bad rule. So then let me just jump in here and and follow up when you said it's a timed quarter, because I want to get this straightened out and, and maybe even codified, Bob, because despite the immense success of your career, I think the capstone would clearly be having something called the Costas Rule adopted by the National Football League. So let's get to it. I would think so. It would be a legacy. It would be a legacy builder. (laughs) No question, Bob. Um, So what about... My fondest wish. (laughs) So when you say a a timed quarter, so what if it's tied after that? Then what? Then do we have sudden death? And then whoever gets the ball, whoever finished the quarter, would get it for... Like, we still haven't decided how it's decided... Who gets the ball first when sudden death finally hits, right? So what is that determinant? Well, you could toss a coin for who receives if you're playing a period of some length. As I said to you yesterday, I would have the competition committee go back mm-hmm. and take a look at what period of time. doesn't have to be 15 minutes. Maybe it's 8, maybe it's 10, maybe mm-hmm. it's 12, maybe it is 15. What period of time ensures that the game plays out in something that represents, uh, in, in a smaller portion, mm-hmm. represents the, the essence of football. No, no one would say that you should play a one-minute overtime in the NBA. You play five. That seems to be, that seems to be enough possessions yes. and enough of a, of a microcosm of what basketball is for it to be legitimate. But nobody would say, okay, the game is over if on the first possession Steph Curry hits a three-pointer. But not if they make a layup. You know, and baseball put, um, as an example, and these aren't perfect examples, but they're worth thinking about, baseball put the ghost runner on second base in because of COVID. They wanted to get games over more quickly when they were playing in bubbles in effect in 2020. But even in 2020, under those circumstances, they took that rule out in the postseason because they realized that it's gimmicky and they want extra innings to reflect what baseball is. Correct. The NFL overtime rule does not reflect what 
football is. And I'm totally with you. I, I, I'm just I, again. I'm just thinking like the way that you've described it. One team gets the ball first, scores a touchdown. Second team gets the ball first, scores a touchdown. Forget about. Let's just even leave aside that if you do have this construct, getting the ball second is a benefit because you know you have to go for it from your own twenty yard line to match a touchdown or a field goal but as opposed to getting it first. single possessions. Correct. If you're, playing, if you're playing a period of time, you might decide to punt. Correct. I mean, there are teams like with four minutes to go in a game, down by seven, four minutes to go in the fourth quarter, they punt if they have enough timeouts. Right. Depending upon what field position is, they don't necessarily go for it on fourth So down. let's just say it's tied or neither team scores, right? And I've got the ball for a second time. The other team's only had one possession. Um, and so... I run out the clock to force sudden death because I know I'm going to keep the ball because I have it at the end of the first overtime period. You see what I'm saying? Like at some yeah. point, we still have to decide once sudden death hits, who gets to keep it and the strategy around well, I think it. it. I think it would be this. Um, and there's an ebb and flow, obviously. Teams make decisions as, mm-hmm. uh, regarding field position and time remaining, whether they want to gamble offensively or give the ball up and, and turn it over to their defense. Um, but I would guess, let's say you flip a coin. Let's say we're going to play a 10-minute overtime period, but yep. it's timed with all the regular dynamics of football. Certain, maybe you give them two timeouts, maybe you give them three, who knows. But it reflects, it's just as if it was the last 10 minutes of a game. If you just tuned in, it's just as if it was the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter and the score is tied. So let's say at the end of those 10 minutes, we're still tied, which, by the way, in the postseason would be epic. It would be remembered forever. If the game goes on in marathon fashion, as it did with Miami and Kansas City in some game like in 1971 on Christmas Day, and they effect, in effect played into a sixth quarter, it becomes part of football lore. Like the ice bowl played under those conditions becomes part of football lore. But let's say you're going to another extra period. Well, then the team that lost the flip gets to decide at the beginning of the next period. So... You know, I won, the, I won the coin toss, and I took the ball to start the first overtime. Now, even, even if I have the ball when time runs out, the other team is going to receive at the start of the next period. All right. That's interesting. We also had an, a caller call in yesterday to say that the opening coin toss of the game, that if you win it and defer to the second half and get the ball to start the second half, which so many teams do, you not only clearly uh, give the ball to your opponent to start the game, but you would give the ball to your opponent to start the overtime, too. That, Or you keep it, you won the toss, I'm going to start the game in the first quarter, but now I know in the back pocket if this game goes to overtime, I start it. So at least it's predetermined from the outset who gets the ball to start overtime, and thus it removes the coin flip and the, yeah. the randomness of such in overtime. I, I kind of I, I don't mind that. As long right. as it's a timed period. Okay. As long as it's not. And, you know, I've, I've heard people say, hey, the rule is called sudden death. Okay. Yeah, it was. And it was really exciting when Johnny Unitas did it to the Giants in 1958 <laughs> when no one had seen a sudden death game before. But just because that was the rule, yes. you can never change it. The goalposts used to be on the goal line. Then kickers got to be too good. Yeah. You know, no, no, I know. I mean, shoot, reasons. Bob. I mean, we had a 17 games for regular season. Now we got a, a, a 17 week. Now we got we got 18 weeks. All right, I think we've solved this thing. Um, we've solved this thing, and um, I'll run it up the flagpole. How does that well, sound? The, the the bottom line is yes. what happens in an individual game 
does not determine whether this rule is good or bad, and who you are rooting for doesn't determine whether it's good or bad. Logic should. Thank you very much, Bob. Well, okay, Bob, let's, okay, Bob, let's talk. fix baseball. Let's go. We're going to hold out. Tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, we'll chat tomorrow. Call back tomorrow. We'll talk tomorrow. We'll talk Costas this week. Let me guys. That's going to go. Bob Costas. <laughs> <laughs> talk to you tomorrow, Bob. Rich, you got to tell people how this came to be this morning. Well, he called. He's like, you know, he's he, he heard all the feedback of this. I think he might have seen it on the on the YouTube comments or something. I have no idea, but he heard it, it filtered back to him with the comments about what he happened yesterday. He's like, he wants to call him Bob from New York. <laughs> there he is. Jay Glazer in studio coming up. Hour two.